what it do, man? This is your boy, North End Floyd, man, with another episode. This is episode 95 of the Kickback Podcast, man. And, um, you know what I'm saying? We reaching to 100. We reaching to 100, y'all. I appreciate everybody that's been tapping in, that's been sharing, that's been liking the podcast and stuff. So if you're tuning in right now, please like, please share it. Um, thank you for your support. And um, to get to to start this show off, man, we're talking about um, domestic abuse, domestic violence. And, you know, this is something like, you know, this is something we keep quiet in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? This is something that a lot of people don't talk about. They like to keep it to themselves. Um, they're afraid to, um, you know, reach out for help and stuff like that. So we, you know, I got a couple of ladies on here and they're going to, we're going to talk about, you know, keys and factors and ways you can get help, uh, who you can talk to, you know what I'm saying? Recognize signs of domestic abuse and, 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 you know, people to, you know, you know, to watch out for and stuff, you know? So, um, you know, let me bring these ladies on so we can chop it up so we can have a show, man. And, and a lot of people can get informed uh, on what's going on. So, uh, man, how y'all doing? How you doing, Miss Kanisha? I'm good. How are you? All right. And, and what's up, Miss Not Silent? Miss, so what's, what, what's, up? what's up with the name, Miss Not Silent? <laughs> pretty much I'm not silent about the pretty the subject that you brought up, the topic that people don't really like to talk about. I'm not silent about domestic violence. I'm not silent mm-hmm. about a lot of just anything that tags along with it. So, you know, and I'm 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 I feel like I'm married to this. I don't I don't stop with it. So yeah, it's Mrs. Not Silent. <laughs> yeah, and we did a show um twenty late twenty twenty on yeah. domestic abuse and that was a dope show. I am, I'm I'm probably gonna reshare it because I watched that show a few times, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that was a very powerful show. We had some, some, some pretty good guests on there that that told Absolutely. their stories. And we got uh, I got a lady too. She's gonna tell a story, um, in a little bit and how she overcame it, uh, how how she overcame adversity and all that. So, um, one of the topics that I wanted to talk about was um, let me just show up for the thing. Uh, what, uh, how common is domestic abuse um it's not so so i can tell you okay yes okay go ahead no you good you good okay so i can tell you that it's very common to the point that we i work in hardin county and we think of hardin county as a small place we got coons uh Mm -hmm. lumberton sealsby and then everything else is smaller than that. Vota and some other little cities I haven't even heard of before I started working there. But I have a whole caseload that's centered around violence against women. So that includes domestic abuse and sexual abuse against female victims, both adult females and child females. So mm-hmm. I think it's more common than we acknowledge simply because they have a whole prosecutor in the office and that's all I handle every day. So that's that's the main thing you see in Hardin County. Uh, yeah, Hardin County, yeah, that is what that's like that's Sealsby Coons Jas is that Jasper also that goes that far? No, not Jasper, it's Lumberton. Ah, okay. All right. And just in that small So county. those are the three big cities. Yes. And then every all it's a little some little cities, but those are the major three cities. And when I say major, we still think of those as small, but I'm there and that's all I handle. So to think that they put just me there, me there to just handle those kind of cases, you would have to know that it's it's a pretty big problem. Yeah, Miss Miss Not So Silent. Um, how in in the neighborhoods, you know, do 
How common do you think that is as far as, you know, men and as females? Common, as common as it is that I say, you know, as much as how common is it for you to brush your teeth every day when you wake up? Every mm. day is happening. Mm. It don't get reported all the time. It's a lot of people who think it's okay. It's a lot of people who don't think it is domestic violence. It's a lot of people who just trying to cope through it and can't get out of it. So it's going on consistently. And it's it's really all around us in so many ways. A lot of times people just think it's physical abuse, but I don't want to jump too far, but that's not it. It's a lot more. So it's always going. It's, it's a consistent thing happen daily, happening daily. Like when you look at a ratio and they say every 10 to 15 minutes, this is happening. It's happening. That's mm. that's my belief in it. Like, okay, so, you know, like a, a lot of people, they, they're afraid to, you know, reach out and stuff. They're afraid to you know, uh, contact the police. Uh, Kanisha, you're more familiar with that. What, uh, as a standpoint, what can police and what, if somebody came to talk to you, what could you do for them? So when it comes to police, when police, if you call police and police come out, their main thing is to make sure that nobody else is going to get hurt that night. So nine times out of 10, if it's domestic abuse and somebody put their hands on somebody else or choke somebody else or pulled the weapon, they're going to arrest somebody and file the case on somebody. They will still have the victim um, uh, signed to say whether or not they press charges officially or not, but that doesn't always, if let's say the victim says no, it doesn't always go the way the victim wants because then they still turn the case into our office and it's more... I tell my victims when I have victims that come in saying they want to drop the charges, I tell them I want to present it to the grand jury. I like to sleep at night. I don't mm -hmm. want to wake up in the morning, uh, you know, another morning and something even worse has happened or this person has killed you or something. And I'm thinking on my heart that if I had just done something that time, it may have prevented this. So I tell them I'm going to give it to those 12 grand jurors and let them make the decision but we still have the control to keep going forward even if the victim is afraid or doesn't want to go forward for whatever reason because a lot mm -hmm. of people do want to keep their families together they want the kids to have two parents or the financial support in the household whatever the reason may be they try their best to keep those families together we do also have victim centers that will help victims if they feel that they are scared of the abuser they will help put them in hotels to make sure they're safe um, they will help them with food. They'll help them with shelter. Will help them with gas money. So they are. There are organizations that will help to make sure that those victims are safe. They'll talk to police about police, um, you know, riding around their house more often to make sure that they're good and the abuser is not around the house. So mm -hmm. police still file the case just to make sure that the person is safe and that we don't have that on our back. And then same thing for me, I keep going for it because I would hate to wake up and look at the news or come back to work and hear that something even worse happened to that person. I mean, this is for either one of y'all. Leon Phillips, he was like, is it more prevalent among one race more than another? You said you were saying that as far as COVID, it went up. Yes, uh, most definitely. Regardless. You know, with COVID, we had the frustrations of people being stuck in the house, people not having jobs. Uh, losing their jobs or not being able to go to work. And so then they bought uh, frustration from money issues and just frustration of being stuck in the house and things being closed and not being able to go anywhere. So then people were taking that frustration out on each other. So then it became physical and then more people um, were being sexually abused because of that. So numbers just went up all through the board. 
in regards to Leon's question, I find it surprising. So I don't know what the population breakdown is in Hardin County mm -hmm. when it comes to race wise, but more of my victims are actually white. And I just actually went case by case to go through that. And I was very surprised to learn that the majority of the victims on my case are white are white females. Okay. Um, Miss Not So Solid, can you tell uh, uh, can you tell from okay, we use social media a lot. Can you tell by certain things that a person posts um that they're going through mental abuse, or you know, domestic abuse or you know, physical mental Absolutely. all of the above. Um and it's i mean it, it's different things it can be literally what they post using their own words it can be different uh pictures different songs that they might talk about um or even if they're doing things such as changing their name or if they're deleting a the profile and getting another one. it's a lot of things that can just be a red flag at least from my view um or even a lot of times what i do feel like is people can be judgmental if somebody comes on the platform and they are asking for prayer or they are just mentioning that today was hard or whatever some people will take it and be real quick to say oh they just like to complain a lot oh they are, they are seeking attention and stuff like that but when it's labeled as that through majority of the crowd it's really that person trying to put out a cry and ask for help or get somebody's attention because apparently who they are in the home with who they work with who they see daily uh if they have given them signs they're not picking it up or they don't feel comfortable with telling that person it's okay uh for i mean honestly social media is a lot of people uh counselor psychiatrist mm -hmm. or however you want to name it yeah. and uh and and so so i yeah. feel like you, it's so many ways you can see it on there it's there it's there all the time yeah and and uh let me point out this if you know, if you're suffering from domestic abuse, it is the Family Services of Southeast Texas. You can contact and you can, uh, you know, you can uh, call or you could go visit and they can definitely help you out. Uh, I think they what they provide uh, shelter, clothing. Uh, uh oh, that's my dog. But they provide shelter, clothing, food. <laughs> They help you with jobs to get a mm -hmm. job. They help you with uh, finances to get back on your feet. Mm -hmm. um, they, they also provide a lot of uh, necessities. Like if a lot of times I know women exactly, they don't like to leave behind what they have because they, they feel that they work so hard for it or they'll never get it back. And let's be honest, a lot of times when we work hard or when we finally get some, we want our stuff. We don't want everything else, but they provide everything. I've uh I've been able to see the store that they provide. It's just a full boutique store full of clothing, more than they can actually handle. Um, And the toiletries is just everything there. They pretty much, they're, they're, they are the boost for you. They are. Um. Let me ask you this, because uh, I know, Kanisha, I know you don't have too much longer, but uh, what are some warning signs you think of as uh, domestic violence or domestic abuse? What do you think are some warning signs from the abuser? From the abuser, uh, control. I think control is the biggest thing. They try to control who the person has access to, who the victim has access to, who they are around because they try to prevent those opportunities for them to say something. So I think control is the biggest thing. If you if you start noticing that a family member used to come around, you know, for the holidays or for the get togethers and all of a sudden either A, they can't come around anymore because they always mm -hmm. got something to do or every time they do come around, he's right there and she, uh, he or she or she's right there. And I, and I say he sometimes, but I understand that it happens to males too. And I saw that that was a question posted, mm -hmm. um, but it happens 
And so they, they, if the person does let them go to an event, they're always there. The victim can't go in the room by themselves. They are always right there in every bit of conversation because they want to make sure that there is not an opportunity to tell. Um, a lot of times too, the, um, the abuser has power when it comes to the money and the resources. So if this was a person that you know used to work and used to have all their own stuff and all of a sudden they're not working anymore, they don't want to work, they're dependent on the abuser, the abuser likes to keep that control over them where they can't you know, have anything for themselves. So they feel like they need them and they have to be there for them. Yeah, one thing I want to point out too uh, in our community or you know, just uh, on social media, a lot of people like to brag about you know, toxic or I'm toxic or they love a toxic relationship and stuff. And I think that's almost a form of, uh, you know, a, a key sign of domestic abuse when y'all like, uh, you know, messing up each other clothes or like, you know, messing up each other cars and then y'all back Talking together. Crazy and, to each other. Yeah. And, and, and stuff like that. And I, I think uh, as far as us promoting that, I think that's bad on our, you know, yeah. on our side. So, uh, um, let's see. Uh, Terry is saying, can abusers be recognized out at an early age, say preteen years? That's a good question. Most definitely, yes. I have, hmm. I have when I because one of the things I look at when I'm uh, when I get a case is I look at their criminal history, and a lot of them I do start flipping through pages and I see assault cases or like criminal mischief, um, deadly conduct, those kind of things. I see them as cases as that they had as juveniles and it just spirals and gets even worse into adulthood until adulthood so they definitely we recognize them as juveniles and some a lot of them are in the juvenile system or the other ones are getting in trouble at school for fighting and you know acting out at school and we see it and a lot of times we ignore it because they're just a kid quote unquote mm -hmm. um but unfortunately they it spirals over into adulthood and then a lot of trouble is those kids see it at home so when they're seeing mama and daddy fighting and either mama beating on daddy or daddy beating on mama, when they get into a relationship, they think it's okay. Especially when the victim stayed quiet the whole time and didn't say anything, they think it's okay because nobody, you know, nobody cried out that it was wrong. So then that rolls over into their relationship and it then it becomes like a generational curse where they're doing it and it keeps going until somebody speaks up and stops it. Yeah, I that's... wanted to uh, add to what she said uh, that when the, the child may grow up and they see their parent doing it. So mm -hmm. after going through uh, my situation, what I learned was because I thought the people who grew up with it and dealt with it, I thought those would be the number one people who did not want to be involved in domestic violence or would not allow themselves to become abuser. But I learned uh, just through studies that a lot of times, um, even if they witness abuse coming up, they can turn into the uh, abuser simply because they are putting up a self-defense that they're not recognizing, meaning that they are trying to defend themselves and not allow it to ever happen to them again. But again, we only do what we've seen or what we know. So then they still pick up doing the same yeah. things from whether they saw their mother or their father doing it. And here it is, they end up being the abuser. So I feel like it goes both ways and it's very tricky because I know I was blindsided by that. I was just thinking, oh, this person wouldn't be that way. That's why I never gave it a thought when I went through what I went through because it's like, no, they wouldn't be into that. They don't want no more of that. But I had to learn the hard way that it happens like that. Okay. Uh, 
I know, Miss uh, Kanisha, I know you have to uh, take care of some uh, some business on your end. And I just want to <laughs> thank you so much for coming on and uh, giving your perspective and things. And uh, if they want to reach out, let's say somebody wants to reach out to you. If they're going through it, how can they, how can they get in contact with you, though? Yes, that's fine. So my number is 409-241-6733. And if you have any questions, and like we went to uh, high schools in Hardin County and we talked to the kids. And you'd be amazed how many kids came up to us after our presentation asking, like some of them would say, you know, hey, this was happening at my house. Like, what can I do? Mm -hmm. Some of them were given hypotheticals. So we couldn't tell if it was mm -hmm. actually them or somebody they know, um, but they just needed that talk. So that's why, you know, I'm at a softball game right now. So excuse my appearance. Mm -hmm. But that's why I felt it was important for me to come on here, Floyd, because sometimes people just need to hear that. And then they will speak out. So again, my number is 409-241-6733. If anybody has any questions, uh, want to talk about something, they're free to call me. But I respect you for it because I thought this was a great avenue to help the community and hopefully save some lives. And, and my thing was, if we can just save one person, then our job was is done. And so, you know, we had one kid come up and say that they want to make a report on somebody sexually abusing them in their family. Um, so then I feel like our job is done at that point if you can at least reach one person. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I'll have you on again for many different topics and stuff like that. But for right now, I thank you Sounds for coming good. on this show. And, um, you know, uh, okay. go ahead and take care of your business. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you so much. All right. All right. So, um, you know, uh, what we was talking about as far as, um, and, uh, Leon, you got, you got some good questions. There's a lot of questions that I'm actually going to get into, um, that I have, but, um, uh, yeah, as far as like an early, you know what I'm saying? When, you know, early preteen days and, and you're going through, you know, relationships and, uh, you know, you, you're really just kind of finding yourself, you know, and, and, uh, it's really kind of new. You know what I'm saying? You're a young person and you you got a girlfriend and, you know, and, and you're going through all these emotions and stuff like that. And some kids can't handle the emotions and, you know, it gets the best of them. I don't know if I'm wording it softly or whatever, but, you know, um, we don't talk about as far as teenagers with the domestic abuse or abusing, you know, in, in a relationship like that. So uh, I think that's a good point as far as uh, we need to recognize some signs you know, parents, you need to recognize some signs in your kids. If they have a girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, uh, pay attention to their conversations and how they're talking on the phone to that person and stuff. So uh, I think as a parent, I think that is something that we kind of um, we we don't pay attention to as far as like, you know, the domestic abuse, um, mental and physical abuse as far as teenage years and stuff like that. Um, I could say. uh as a teenager in high school, uh, my girl, well, my girlfriend at the time, she kind of, you know, slapped me, you know, <laughs> you know, I never been slapped in my life or whatever, but like, she just, you know, it was like a movie slap too. It was like, bang. And I was like, Oh, now that was the only time she ever did that or whatever. But you know, um, Man, I when she hit me, I didn't know how to feel on that. I was like, dang, you know, uh, my parents taught me not to hit females and whatever. So, you know, be hitting her, that wasn't, that wasn't, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't the first thing in my mind. It was like, damn, she actually hit me. You know what I'm saying? I didn't mm -hmm. think she would hit me or whatever. But, uh, 
you know, I guess that, you know, is that something common as far as, you know, when somebody first gets hit by that person, like, oh, damn, I didn't think she hit me. And then they'll say, oh, I didn't, I, I won't do it again. And they apologize and stuff. And it just keeps going on and on. Right. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the cycle of it. That's exactly how it gets started. But I honestly feel like the signs before it gets there, signs before it gets to physical abuse. So it could have mm. been things such as joking a lot, but talk about, boy, I'm going to slap you. Boy, I'm going I'm to uh, or I'm going to do this, you know, mm-hmm. t- take think back to your teenage days as to how you used to talk. Then I know I used to have a, a crazy little mouth because of mm-hmm. the com- not. Well, I'm not going to say because of the community that I was brought in, but that's what that's just what it was mm-hmm. where I was coming up at. Um, I didn't have uh, more people to hang around that chose to talk differently. So um, being able to, you know, just I don't know the reaction of I know that was my first reaction when the person did it to me I think I had I got in a chokehold the first time mm-hmm. and uh I, I was I was brushing my teeth you snuck up on me I was not expecting that I didn't know what was said can make you so angry mm-hmm. and uh you know I couldn't believe you, that person took it that far like that like how you were saying like dang I, you couldn't believe that yeah. she hit I'm you. Like, wow, it's man, like man, I couldn't you believe me? you took it that right right is it is it that serious Mm-hmm. And and um, Leon, that was one of my questions and stuff like that. As far as um, guys, they get guys get abused too, and I think um, why we're reluctant to report it is because we don't want to seem weak. We don't want to seem soft, um, especially when you're younger. I mean, like I mean, your friends. You don't want to get talked about with your friends and stuff. Like, dang, bro, you went to. You're getting abused by your girl, you know what I'm saying? It's it. So I think a lot of guys kind of just um, they kind of brush it off because they don't want to be embarrassed about the situation that they're in. You know what I'm saying? They female just abusing them and stuff, and uh, and maybe and and their back might be against the wall because they might be thinking like, oh man, I can't hit her, but she's always hitting me. What can I do? And they might not know what to do. So I mean, I think a lot of guys are reluctant to say that because I think they're embarrassed by the situation and they don't want to be seen. They don't want to seem soft. You know, they don't want to seem like they're not a man. So I think a lot of guys out there are just, you know, just unfortunately just dealing with it and stuff. Have you ever met somebody, a guy that told you or something like that as far as dealing with domestic abuse and stuff? I was just about to say that uh, for the guys that I have a conversation about that with or who actually would reach out to me, um, it's not the physical abuse that they are receiving. It's everything else. Financial mm. abuse where the woman is consistent. The man get his check, but she take it as soon as he get the check. Financial he doesn't abuse. have it. Right. It, that, that is a thing. Financial abuse. Okay. Uh, uh, she like, like, like I say, in possession of all the money, he's the breadwinner, but she's taking all the money. She's applying it mm. to everything. She's barely giving him money. It can go both ways, but it can happen more so with the man because I feel like, and I'm gonna take it ill, but if I feel like when they take the, uh, the scriptures from the Bible and they mm. only take a part of it, trying to uh, make, you know, they, they take where it says that the man should be over uh, the, the head of a household or whatever mm. they're taking from, you know, it's certain scriptures that's going to make you think that the man's supposed to be ahead, the man's supposed to be strong, the man's supposed to be the one above the woman. But then when they, when the the woman can control him, also mentally, mentally is a thing. Yeah. That man can be mentally weak if she met him in a vulnerable moment and 
he never thought this of himself. He didn't do these things that he is now able to do since she's been around, since she's encouraged him. So she can tell him also, you ain't worth this. You will never be that. Uh, you just a deadbeat. I don't know why I deal with you. It's all kind of things that uh, uh, verbal, that's verbal abuse. Verbal abuse ties into mental abuse. And then the emotional abuse is what you were talking about when it kind of comes from the physical abuse where um, the man doesn't want to... Um, expresses emotions he doesn't want nobody else to know that he's hurt or he's suffering or he's yeah, going facts. through some type of abuse so i think it's pretty it falls under a lot of the other uh forms of abuse instead of just physical abuse but don't get me wrong what you said i agree that happens too yeah because like i said i mean i mean it's embarrassing that you know for a guy on his end that his girlfriend is beating him up and then like who is who is he gonna tell he's not gonna tell his friends he don't probably he he's not gonna tell nobody you know he doesn't have nobody to tell or whatever so I mean they just kind of ball that up and stuff and like we said with financial abuse you know I remember back in the days it was a um uh it was a guy I was working with and he that's the that's the soon as he got his check like his wife was calling him like and you can hear the phone you can hear it off the cell phone her saying did you get to check it did you get your check yet and she didn't she sat at home she was a she was a housewife unknown uh, caller uh, let's let oh i annabelle okay uh annabelle annabelle What's up? You on the kickback? You called the number. Yeah, if y'all want to come on the kickback, y'all could just dial 409-233-0017. So Annabelle, what's up? Where, where you calling from, Annabelle? What's up? Okay, you calling from Beaumont. Okay, so uh okay, what what you had to talk about? You calling into the kickback. We're talking about domestic abuse. So you got something, um, you got something you could share with uh with everybody, uh, eventually help somebody out. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this. Let me uh, not to not to interrupt you. So, okay, how when he first said that you had to like I guess what eventually go to the corner and make money, um, how did how did he say that to you? He just was just just damn right, just uh, 
He was just blunt with it. He just. Mm-hmm. Mm. So as so you wasn't with your parents, you weren't living with your parents at the time. Okay. Okay. So uh I, I interrupt you out. So one of your family members one of your family members, they was just driving by and they seen you on the corner. Okay. Did you? But what, what about dealing with him? I mean, cause I know you said you didn't want to get abused by him. So, uh, was you reluctant to get in that car? So yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's see. They saying they can't hear the caller. Hey, um, Britt, can you hear? Britt can't Not hear. Not at you. all. Oh, okay. Hold on. I Let missed me. the whole story. And then I hear you saying little pieces. I was like, dang, on the corner. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I think that's I think that's my I think that's my fault. Uh hold on, caller. Let me see what I could do as far as to uh get you on here. Hey, caller. Yes. All right, you can hear now, Britt? Yeah, I can hear now. Dang, man, my bad. We had a great conversation, <laughs> man. We just had a dope really conversation. Did. Y'all just missed out. Oh, oh man. <laughs> hey, I'm slipping. I'm slipping. My bad. Oh. I mean, the time. But, uh, apparently. It's okay. It's okay. I'll repeat. I'll repeat. Okay. All right. There's no sure. problem. I'll repeat. For sure. For sure. Caller, okay, caller so what ended up happening? Yeah, go, no, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. You're good. My bad. I, I fumbled the bag. <laughs> okay. So what ended up happening was I was 17, thought I knew best, was running away from home. It was living with my parents at the time. And I ended up just running away and ended up linking up with a guy that was in his 20s. So what ended up happening was we dated for a few months. And I'm going to just say dated because I just don't want to just, you know. But we ended up being in a relationship for like a few months. and. I ended up getting my ass beat a few times because I was told that if I didn't make a certain amount of money every night and bring a certain amount of money home every night, that I was going to get my ass beat. And a couple of times I came up short. I did. See, that domestic violence led to prostitution for me. So it's a couple of people in Beaumont. It, it, it happened in Beaumont. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give y'all a side of town so maybe y'all can understand where this prostitution happens and sometimes where where does ZV happen also? So mm-hmm. if anybody's familiar with Tripe City, that's basically where it happens. Tripe City? If you know that side of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tripe City. I know exactly what you're talking about. So basically, 
I did get my last week. Uh, I have a lot few times from him, you know, and it led to, which also led to him having a homeboy mm-hmm. to beat my ass too. Drug me down the street, threw me in the ditch, and just got on top of me and beat my ass too. So it wasn't only just him. He let his homeboy do it too. And and they So what he ended up getting was, me out of there. These guys was both older. They were in their 20s. Mm-hmm, they were in their 20s. Grown ass men, messing with a youngster. But you know, hey, 17-year-olds and 16-year-olds, they think they know better. Mm-hmm. They think they know what's right, what's wrong, when they're away from home. And sometimes this is what gets you into those situations. Not listening to your parents, not obeying. Mm-hmm. And that's where it landed me at that age. Just trying to be dis- disobedient. I never, know. basically never told anybody, never called the cops, never said a dang thing to anybody. Nobody knows this. This is my first time actually telling the world. But I felt like it needed to be told. So people can know that it is a situation in Beaumont. It is happening. Y'all see it on the news that these people getting caught up in hotel rooms, prostituting, doing this, doing that. I guarantee that they're getting their ass beat also. Mm. So what so what helped you get out of this situ- that that situation? A family member pulled up on me on the corner one day, told me to get in the car, I was gonna get my ass beat, and I did. And that just stopped. You didn't it. ask no questions. That stopped the guys That from, just stopped that situation. That, that stopped that one particular situation. With that guy? With him. So. Now, I did have future contact with him mm-hmm. one other time, but I did it out of the kindness of my heart for a friend, which was a friend needed me to vouch for him so that he wouldn't go to jail on some other stuff that wasn't DV, but it was something else. Mm-hmm. To say that he, I was a witness that he was with me at this such and such time and go speak to the lawyers and things. And because she had a kid with him, I did it. Because I felt for her and that kid. Yeah. And me and her are friends to this day. She's still with that guy? No, he's in jail. Oh, he's in jail. You know how long he's in jail for? Um, the last I talked to her about it, um, she didn't say like exactly a number, but I know it's for, for some years. Yeah. So, okay. Apparently he was a repeat offender of a lot of things. So when your relative, when your family member got you off the corner, uh, he didn't know that. So when he hit you and said, Hey, where you at? What did you tell him? I mean, did your, your cousin or did you, did your Family members say, hey. "No, I didn't. Ha- I didn't have any. I didn't have any contact with them after that. What ended up happening was that friend had ended up contacting me to say to vouch for him. Mm. I had no other contact with him after that. That was the end of that situation with him. I ended it on helping him escape jail that one time for her, mm-hmm. and that was it. No contact, no nothing. I just just didn't go back in that area of town. Still haven't been in that area of town because I'm ashamed of it and mm-hmm. also afraid of that side of town." I don't even drive down over there mm. because they apparently the family live on that area too. Now, when, so I just don't go in that area. When you was going through this, did you run into any other females that was experiencing the same thing? Not in that area. Not in that area. But you think it's very common <clears throat> as far as in Beaumont that what happened to you is going on with a lot of um, young teens out there. I think it is because I keep up with the news and then as I'm driving, I see them signs. I see certain things. Mm-hmm. 
So like when you've been through it, you know what you know was there when you see it on the corner or you see what's happening because you know the signs, you know what to look for. Mm-hmm. But did it stop me from getting into other situations? No. Mm-hmm. I got two other situations out of town. One was in Mississippi. I had my son at the time; he was two. So just me being in my twenties, talking to somebody that's nineteen, the age was reversed, and his mind frame. I guess was I'm tired of her kicking me out, tired of her telling me I don't want she don't want to be with me no more. But the thing is, he wouldn't get a job, he wouldn't help. But that was me putting. I think that was just me putting too much on somebody that was so young to actually come to a household and assume to think that they was going to take on the role of paying bills, helping me with my kid, and want to be that settled down type. Mm-hmm. That was my first fuck up right there. Thinking that somebody fresh out of school going to do some shit like that. No, no, no. But what happened was we ended up getting into it. I had my son in my hand and he went and got his gun, put it to my head and told me, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to kill you basically. Mm-hmm. If you don't stop putting me out, this and that, he sat up there and beat my ass with his gun while I was holding my son. And I was just begging and telling him, I have my son with me. Let me, let me get my son out the house. Let me get my son out the house. I don't care what you do with me. Let me get my son out the house. So, luckily, one of his friends ended up knocking on the door and busting into the house when he heard what was going on, and that stopped that situation. And I never talked to him again, but I actually called the cops. So, but the cops did nothing. The cops didn't do nothing. Didn't do anything, even with the bruises, even with the marks, nothing. Apparently, he has ties to the police department and things like that, and he got free, let him go, nothing. Um, Miss Not So Silent, what do you what do you think about about what she just said as far as like the police didn't didn't do nothing? Because a lot of people feel that the police, if they're getting abused and they call the police, that the police don't do nothing. They just come there and be like, oh, okay, blah blah blah, and then they. So how how I mean, if you can't call the police, then who can you call? That's honestly when um, I have people reach out to me, especially uh, victims that are trying to get out of a toxic relationship. Um, I will tell them to reach out to a family member. I will tell them, I advise for them to find someone that they can trust, someone who stays close by, somebody that they feel like they can depend on. Because one, the police, they attract attention. Two, um, they're going to write a case number if anything else but for what the the victim is calling the help that the victim is seeking that's not what they're going to receive from the police um and then once the police do their part to see that everything is calm they're gone but then the victim is left still in that same place it uh for the times i know that i had to reach out to the police i never received any kind of offer from the police to um welcome to take me to another location asking if i had any family members any friends who i wanted them to take me to asking if they just if i would feel comfortable with them just sitting there or openly letting me know hey i'm gonna patrol within the next hour for the next couple of hours just to make sure you stay nothing uh settling to my comfort or to give me a peace of mind would ever be given so to a certain extent i got tired of calling the police myself because then like i said they attract attention so when they show up they are seen the the abuser is going to flee the scene and then they can watch from wherever they want to watch from as soon as they pull off they can pull back up whether they on foot or whether they walking in the car but uh you think that I, need to change as far as like you know police 
you know, taking the victim somewhere, um, uh, well, the person that's being abused um, to another location instead of just checking up and then just leaving and stuff like that. Absolutely. You got people like Annabelle, like Annabelle. What, so Annabelle, what did they do? Did They showed up and then they do, what did they do after that? <laughs> they showed up, had a conversation with them, and then that was it. Politely let him go. Even with his the, dad was down the there, his uses. people was down there, nothing, nothing at all. Then actually was I right? Nothing. Just actually what happened. Then went and talked to him, and then I see him walking scot-free. So his family knew that he was abusing you, and they still didn't do nothing. Most well, of the time, they knew that day. They knew that day. I mean, now whether they knew that it was in him or if he'd done it before, I don't know. But they knew that day. But that was it. No hide. No sorry. This happened. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's kind of messed up as far as the police. You know, when you call them and they show up and they they see the abuse the the, the abuses on you. You know, and they just, you know, they'd be like, hey, is everything all good? Y'all all right? Okay. And then, and then for it to happen in front of my kid at the same time, it's like, I felt like, wow. Okay, I just called y'all just to say hi then, huh? That's what it felt like. How old was your kid at the time? Two. Do you think, well, at two, do you think that still has some kind of effect on, on your on your son? Two years old watching I don't that. think that I don't think that it has. He's never mentioned anything. He doesn't remember. He hasn't said anything. Uh-huh. I don't think that it has. But I also haven't said, hey, do you remember? I, I don't want to do that. You know what? A, a story that I could say uh, one time, and this was, uh, this was a long, my son was, I think my son was two at the time. I think he obviously, he was two at the time. Two, two or three. He was young or whatever, but I remember one time I was talking to this particular female and uh, I brought my son with me and we went over there and we, we was chilling. We and me and this lady, we had like a little small little argument. And to be honest with you, she was she's been she'd been abused. She'd been in an abusive relationship. So me and her, we had a little it was like a little argument. And she like she like punched me in my arm. And then my son was right there, and my son was like, he's like, she was like, don't hit my daddy. And he started crying, and that really affected me so much that I took my son and we left. And she was like, oh, I apologize, and blah, blah, blah. But the way my son felt and the way he was just, you know, the way he cried, it it it, it touched me. And I never, yeah. I, I never talked to her again after that day because I was like, you know, you hit me. And the fact that you hit me, even though it wasn't even a hard punch, it was just like a little sock to the arm. And even though you, the fact that you hit me in front of my son, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever, just was, it was just like the disrespect, you know? And then for him to be affected that way, like, you know, for him to say, don't uh, tell her, don't hit my dad. And it just... But me being a male is kind yeah. of different on the other end as far as a female because, you know, I didn't, you know, she wasn't bigger, she wasn't stronger than me, so I didn't really fear her. And that can be the opposite for a lot of females, you know, saying the man might be bigger, he might be stronger. And, you know, that's a different type of, you know, you know fear involved and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And then there's one other situation I wanted to explain also. Yeah. My last situation, same city, same state. Um, I was 
had a job working at a club and basically I was pulling probably 12 to 16 hours a day mm-hmm. because it was basically almost all night because, you know, hey, they do the little game on the back or whatever. But, you know, um, I had just got off my shift. I think I did like maybe 13 or 14 hours that day. So I was tired and had to get right back up at nine in the morning to open up. So I go home, go to sleep. Then here comes his mom. Bam, 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 bamming on the door. Bam, 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 bam on the door. You think it was the police, mm-hmm. the way she was bamming on the door. So I turned to him like, I'm like, man, I'm so tired. I said, would you please tell your mama to stop knocking on the door like this? I'm like, dang, man, I feel like she's disrespecting the house. Like, she was a mama's boy at that. So, you know, anything his mama did, you know, it, it was fine. She, he didn't care. She did whatever. So get into an argument about it. And I'm telling him, I'm tired. I'm the only one working. I'm the only one paying the bills. And I'm like, and I'm telling him, like, this ain't cool. Mm-hmm. He gets mad. Because apparently I'm disrespecting his mother by saying this now. I decided to try to leave. Mm-hmm. As I'm trying to get up the leave, it was a two-story house. He pushes me out the window. He, literally on. go out the window. He pushed you out a two-story no. window. Pushes me out the window, and the glass and a rusty nail caught me on my side, and I still have that scar to this day. So the glass prevented you. You Your body rubbing against some broken glass prevented you from going out a two-story window. From going all the way out what? to this get what, the ground. This, but I did go through the window. This wasn't the same guy, was it? No, different. So that's why I say I got situations. <laughs> so okay, let me ask you this: This is now being in those situations. Did you do the do the person being abused? Do do you think that person blames themselves too hard? You know, thinking it's their fault that they're getting abused like that. You think that's that's common? the thing? I never. That's the thing. I don't think that I like really blame myself for being abused. All I could do is take accountability for the parts that I chose, which was being young and dumb at the time for the first one. The mm-hmm. second one, trying to sit up here and make uh, basically a high schooler be a grown ass man when they wasn't even ready. Mm-hmm. And the third one, dealing with a mama's boy. I learned never to deal with a mama's boy ever again because I don't know what it is about me and their mama. And when they so clingy to them, that bond between them, I learned never to come between that ever again. Uh-huh. Uh, is that something that all three guys had in common? Were they mommy's, mama's boys? Can you link something that was all that was common between all three of these guys? I wouldn't say mama's boy. I just think anger management ain't their anger. Mm-hmm. This is like they had pent up anger from something, and I never tried to stick around long enough to see where it come from or where it stems from. But I think it was just a bunch of pent up anger. That's what I do know that they all had in common. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Miss Not So Silent, I apologize. Um, I have you on the show, but you do a lot of um work. You know, you're an advocate for domestic abuse. Um. Man, you're very strong uh, about it. Um, can you tell a lot of people, like, if they need, I mean, what do you do as far as, you know, uh, behind the scenes as far as domestic abuse or if anybody needed some help with anything particular as far as this subject, uh, what, you, what you can do to help or provide or assist them with? So, overall, the best way to explain oh, okay. it is um, I'm – pretty much the community source 
I would say, uh, but the the smaller communities, the the young adults, uh, the the black communities, um, people who feel like that they have something in common with me. Um, they tend to reach out to me and what i do is i try to provide pretty much as much as i can as if you were calling an official agency where uh if you need someone to talk to if you need uh tips on how to get out of your toxic situation if you um feel like you are in need of finances i i look for sources that can be helpful to you um if you're needing for a job i'll help you find a job if you're needing to get any type of government assistance i help you through the process of signing up to get it um what else? I do things such as I go to events uh, and I'll, I'll speak to the children. I'll speak to the elders. I'll speak to women. Um, I uh, I also just go to different events that's uh, involving with the community and I try to interact just to catch someone's attention uh, because it's always easy to bring up the conversation about it. And before you know it, you'll get uh, someone to quickly say, I've been through that before. I've made it out of a domestic violence relationship. I was abused before. So uh, honestly, Honestly, uh, I do a lot on Facebook and on my Facebook, the page is not silent. You can just find it, search not silent. And uh, on there, when I got started, that's how I kind of started my journey with sharing my story and becoming who I am today with it. Uh, I simply got on Facebook one day after I was, I found myself in ICU and I asked for prayer. After I asked for prayer and I thanked people, of course, there were those who were curious. And when I felt comfortable, I shared a little bit of my story. And from there, the uh, the cell has been riding along and just telling my story to people again is uh allowing people to help them understand you know that they're, they're not alone i like to do that i try to keep up with snapchat and instagram on snapchat is not silent.dva and on instagram is ns.agape.love and uh, I also, I give out my phone number as well, because it's a lot of times where honestly, there are victims who are in their situation where it's the explosion. And what I call the explosion is when they are going through the physical abuse, when they are feeling unsafe, um, they call me when they can't sleep, they call me. Um, and my phone number that they can reach me at is 409-679-0452. Um, find me on any one of those platforms or reach uh, me, at me through any source. A lot of times it's not necessarily the person themselves going through domestic violence, but they know of a friend or a family member and they're just trying to find out what are signs, what could they do from their position, from their stance, um, you know, what could be too much or what may the victim accept uh, as help, being that the person is trying to figure out how to help them in any way. So, um, Floyd, I think that really kind of sums it up what I do and and, I appreciate and, and how they can reach me out. And, and if after the show, if you can put the number and the information in the comments. Annabelle, before you leave, can can you say one thing? If somebody's going through um, domestic abuse, uh, what's one thing you can tell them? Get out ASAP. And just do know that somebody cares, somebody is listening, reach out to somebody. And another thing, uh -huh. get therapy. A lot of people keep thinking therapy is just taboo or just just therapy, therapy, uh -huh. therapy, therapy. It helps tremendously to have somebody that you do not know that's non-judgmental to fit to and talk to about certain situations. It has helped me tremendously when I got in therapy. Well, I want to thank you for calling and sharing your story, Annabelle. You know what I'm saying? That's, you've been through a lot, and I and I'm glad that you're still here i'm thankful that you're still here to talk to us and and you know and, and hopefully help somebody out 
with the experience that you went through. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? I just want to tell you, uh, thank you and to be safe out there. You're welcome. Thank y'all. Okay. Take care. Man, that was a that was a story. She right. I didn't get to catch it before she got out because I don't want to intrude. But if she go back for the replay, I always like to applaud anybody who has the guts to tell any part of their story mm-hmm. because just like even though her story was totally different from mine, it's things that I can relate on. Um, I honestly, uh, um, I didn't get to mention this, but I am going to school for uh psychology and uh I I studied with that? abnormal behavior. Thank you and stuff like that and uh one of the things that I have studied where it brings me to always the question that after hearing women more so express themselves, even the men too, and the children, but it's just, um, you know, who do, um, how can I say it to make it sound right there? But basically I can say it like this, all of us are searching for some kind of love that we never got. Do we know that we're searching for that particular love? No. Do we know how to find that right part of the uh, kind of love to fill in our gap? No, but we all seem to have been trying to fill in this gap. And a lot of times until we find out that we have been hurt from whatever we have been hurt from or that we lacked having attention from our daddies or whatever the case was, um, we are searching for something and someone to fill in that 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 circle, that hole. And um, until we can acknowledge that, uh, a lot of females, they'll repeat they'll repeat and go through the same thing with somebody but um yeah it, it all starts from home like we kind of mentioned that earlier it kind of all starts from home yeah and uh the reason why i want to talk about this this particular subject could it's because it's something that we sweep under the rug you know i see Absolutely. people post stuff on facebook and you know uh they'll post their particular situation and then uh, two months from now, um, they right back. back together, and then they'll say, mm-hmm. "Hey, we both made mistakes and and all that." And I don't know if that's just uh, him or her feeding them that hey, it won't happen again, you know, and stuff like that. And then you know, it's called the honeymoon stage. Exactly. That part that you're describing is called the honeymoon right. stage when they uh, apologizing and they're uh, trying to basically persuade the victim that they're not going to do it anymore that that was the first and the last time however they pitch it to them and tell them that uh you know it's not going to happen again and they give that person that comfort and uh you know what's up Pete? and you and they they get the people to believe or their abuser to believe that they're not going to do it anymore and so it, it gets them to go back to it and a thing about why people usually go back to it is because that even though that abuser is abusing that victim and hurting them and doing whatever else to them it's something of them that the victim thinks that they need or they have to depend on that person from whether it's they're only getting that kind of love when it's good from that person or whether they're only getting that's the only uh, money that they can get right now or the only person who's providing a home for them to stay in right now or their only source of transportation it can be a lot of different things it can be all of them added up together but it's something that that victim is uh, dependent on from that abuser and a lot of times that kind of too along with the honeymoon stage that kind of gets them to go back in easily okay so that's pretty much why they keep going back is you know they they get abused and then hey babe i'm I'm willing to go to therapy i won't do it again and then bam Mm -hmm. they might do a therapy session and stop going and then it happens again so and and uh mental abuse is just as common right 
No. I was just about to say that the uh, the mental abuse, the 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 victim, it gets mentally abused, and so the, the abuser can tell them, "Ain't nobody else gonna want you. You got you you got three kids. Nobody gonna want you. You ain't got no dollar to your name. Nobody gonna want you. You can't get a job and keep a job. Mm. Nobody. I mean, they use all kind of things to sabotage and make that person think less of themselves, and then they see that that person supplies everything that they're telling them that they lack. So, uh, in order, a lot of people don't want to struggle, Floyd. A lot of people don't want to work, you know, to get what they need or what it takes to supply a lot of people don't want to go through the test so that they can have their testimony they want to give up they 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 feel like they're not strong but uh, you can't blame all of them if all they're being told is you can't blame a i said like this you can't blame a person for being weak-minded not all of us are blessed to think by ourselves or go off of a song or catch the right post on social media to get the encouragement that we need. That's why I applaud you for it for saying it because no, everybody's not going to respond to it. But when I do see that, I'm like, that's, that's what's neat. That's what I want to get on Facebook for to scroll and see, let me get some positive action. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. some encouragement, but everybody don't get that. So then we have weak minded people, which is something that I study and, um, it also ties into the disorders, the, uh, the the disorders that we have. I think uh, so many of us have disorders in us, but it's not labeled as that because as the lady who was on the phone, she said, get counseling, seek help. Um, and a lot of times uh, we, we if we think we're depressed or uh, going get counseling, oh, that costs too much money. Or, oh, I don't need somebody to sit on the couch and tell me this. Or, oh, I think this weird. I'm going to use my sage and I'm pray around the house and leave it at that. And they're not getting to the part of where we all got some hurt in us. Now these we all disorders, got the, the, man, you intrigue me when you said you think a lot of us have disorders. Mm -hmm. And I think to, do you know any of these disorders that you know? Because I'm thinking that you might be right. I think it might be a I've been seeing seven, and this is just on the men's side um on my Facebook. I've been seeing a lot of men go through um depression and stuff. I know we're getting on something totally different, but I don't know it's if cool. it's a disorder or not. I don't know what they're going through at home or where it may be. But I've been seeing mm -hmm. a lot of guys on social media post, you know, going through certain things, depression and what it may, whatever it may be. And, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if the depression or whatever they're going through can lead to frustration and, you know, uh, mental abuse and, or physical abuse and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it, you know, if it uh catapults it to another level when you're going through something like this but you know like like you were saying as far as like with facebook and the post and stuff and you know it's so much negativity out there in the world that you know i think it's much you need to see as much positive you know absolutely uh as positivity as you can i don't care what it is i don't care if somebody's out there feeding the homeless that might inspire somebody uh, right. It could be just a post or something like motivating you in a, in the morning and stuff like that. But uh, I think we need more of that because you know Absolutely. the news, the media, wherever it may be, the movies is is so much violence out there and stuff like that. And mm -hmm. you know when you're surrounded by all that, it's kind of hard to you know um, see your way through it and stuff. So, but right. um, I mean, you going through? Uh, you say you're taking what? Um, Psychology. psychology i'm going for christian counseling so uh honestly as i've been taking this i found out that i'm pretty much labeled as a lay helper 
uh, from what I do through my ministry with Not Silent, which is I, how I said, I open up my phone line, I open up my inbox to anybody who wants to reach out to me. And a lot of times I'm talking people through it off of things that I've studied and my experience. And also I, I move by the spirit. I believe in God. I'm a firm believer in God. So if if I feel like he leads me to say something or this person comes on my mind, I'm, I'm going to follow it. And I'm going to share that little thing because just like it goes with the post, you never know what a person needs to see or hear mm-hmm. at the time. So uh, I find out that I'm a lay helper and uh, pretty much is what I do, but without of charge. I don't charge and I don't have a profession. So I don't have an actual title with it, but I'm considered a lay helper, Um, but I'm going for Christian counseling. And so I can develop and advance more in what I try to do uh, through Not Silent. And as I'm studying, I'm studying the abnormal behaviors and uh, different things like that. And um, so with me saying I'm studying, I'm not just going to be able to call off top some of the disorders. But what I can tell you from having to read it, because I found that class to be very interesting. I'm talking about if I had to read my book, I read that book. And um, it's so many things that people do that falls under the category of the disorder that we can't we see it's a common thing for us to see but again it's tucked under the rug we don't talk about it uh the uh one thing that i found very interesting was how they describe the narcissist and a lot of times when we think of narcissists it kind of jumps into the topic of which you had tonight uh for discussion with the domestic violence they kind of bring in the narcissist as the abusers most of the time well one thing that was kind of like off of that was the fact that the narcissists are kind of the most successful people on the job but did you ever look at it like that they are the ones who kind of always uh, go up higher. They are the ones who uh, will be on the social media platforms. And while we're talking about, oh, they're just attention seekers and they almost always want somebody to praise them for what they're doing. No, they're actually considered as a narcissist. And those are some of the signs that you can pick up before you gain interest in on uh, interest in dating her or him because they got a good job. They making money. Uh, they 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 always uh, interacting with people. Those are the good things that I'm not saying that, you know, so it doesn't make the, 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 let me say it like this. Let me slow down. The abusers, they're not all bad. They're not fully a bad person. Me personally, what I define it as, they are demon possessed. And to me, when I say demon possessed, it goes with some of these disorders that we have. We all are fighting spirits. Whether you want to call it a demon spirit or not, we all are fighting spirits daily. And so that's just something that is attached to them. And again, it's like, I feel like I'm kind of low-key repeat myself because it also attached to what happened to you before. How did you get hurt before? You are abusive. You you obviously got hurt or you are a victim. You fell into that. Both of them get hurt before they get into the toxic relationship. Both of them, uh, everyone deserves healing, healing, but everybody doesn't receive the healing. Because again, we don't always know that we are hurt. I didn't, it took me being a grown woman and then getting in my toxic relationship and getting out that um, I was so eager to have a, a full family and complete my family and stuff like that. But I didn't grow up with my dad in, in my household either. I didn't have a, a, a two parent home. I didn't have this relationship that I always wanted to have with my mom. But I saw my friends having relationships. So I was searching for love and trying to fill in a hole. That's what I meant earlier. I was trying to fill in this hole and this gap that I had on the inside of me. And I didn't know until I messed up. 
I, I made some unwise decisions that got me into some places, me and my children, that, um, you know, I'm not proud of. I won't say that I regret it because I believe everything happens for a reason. And for me to be able to survive my stuff and still be here, apparently God won't be me here for a reason. And that's another thing what I wanted to say about that lady that was on the phone. She she went through some very drastic abuse and then she's still here. And then she said this was her first time telling the story. That's That yeah. took a lot for her to call in to wow. say what she said. And she went through some stuff. She did. That's a strong woman. I don't care what nobody say. I don't care how she look. I don't care what she associate herself with. She tough on the inside and she still got healing that she deserves. And the, and the, and the thing about it too, she said, get you some therapy. Right. Say, get I, I was happy that she said that. I, yes. I, you know, yes. I, I think uh, a lot of us are scared to get therapy too. So uh, that's why we don't know that we got these disorders inside of us because mm-hmm. we we don't go to the educated people who have studied and they know how to diagnose us. We don't trust them. We don't want them in our business. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I, I like to share, you know, uh, since doing the show, I didn't met a few therapists and counselors and stuff like that. And so every once in a while I share, you know, that tag their names on a post. So if anybody yeah, going through depression mm-hmm. or wherever it may be, that they can reach mm-hmm. out to one of these people that look like us, you know. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, we might be uncomfortable with, you know, somebody that absolutely. Like us. So right, um, right. That's just like with so many times I had people reach out to me, but guess what? I went to Bonnie. I went, I went straight, straight to them. I was like, hey, I got such and such. It's been times where uh, Bonnie was working on the case with the same person that actually reached out to me because they were they were sent to me as well through somebody who just knows in the streets. There's this this young chick who, who will get you the help that you need or she'll try. And uh, we just collide like that. But yeah, definitely got to have the sources and know. Yeah. Um, we've been doing the show for a little bit over an hour. Um, this is, uh, you know, shows like this I like to do. I want to do more often because it's, uh, you know, and people like you and uh, Miss Kanisha that called. Uh, she's a she's a lawyer. If nobody didn't um, pick up on that. And uh, even the caller, like you said, with her first time, you know, getting that out. So I, I wonder how that felt for her, you know what I'm saying, to finally tell somebody and tell that story. Right. Um, so, you know, I love doing shows like this because, you know, it's, uh, it's important for a lot of people. And I like to learn things, too, you know, saying as far as if I see somebody, yeah. I see some signs um, of people going through it, you know, I, I direct them to you or Bonnie or you know just a therapist or something that can help them right a lot of people right. on facebook really just be reaching out you know for help and you know uh a lot of people just see the post and scroll but uh i like to thank you for coming on this show and um, thank you for having me you know what i'm saying voicing your you know saying your opinion on these particular subjects you know that um a lot of people go through and, and stuff like that. I know you're busy on a Friday, you studying and stuff like that. And I'm just honored for you to come on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Well, you know, I'm gonna let you do your thing. Uh, I'm probably gonna reach out to you probably later on this year. Cause I think what is uh, domestic abuse? Uh, well, the month is, uh, hold on. It's yeah, I ain't saying this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it is. It's October, October. Huh? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Come on, October, for sure. Man, yes. And so October, we could do something. Um, yes. And uh, I, I'll try to make it special. I, I'll try to put like a little more thought into it and maybe we can uh, 
you know what I'm saying, really like expand the base and, and reach out to people that actually need some help and stuff like that. So uh, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. My pleasure. All right, Miss Not So Silent. You have a great weekend. You too. All right. So look, man, that this this was episode 95, I think, or whatever, man. So, you know what I'm saying? This was a dope episode about domestic abuse, man. If you know anybody that's going through domestic abuse, um, please get them some help, man. You can um you could contact the family services of Southeast Texas. Um, you can call them. Their number is 409-832-7575. Um, reach out to them. They can provide shelter, food, clothes uh you know a safe haven you know what I'm saying for somebody if they got kids and all that so you know family services of southeast texas you know like i said the number is 409-832-7575 if you know somebody that's going through that you know you can save them you know so don't just you know don't just ignore it man because you could save that person life you know you could so you could save them from a night of abuse and their kids seeing all this you know what i'm saying so don't be don't be afraid to act on things, man. But um, like I said, man, share this show. I thank everybody for commenting on here. I thank everybody for uh, participating. I thank that caller for um for calling and telling her story for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but you know, the next show, you know, this was a serious show. This was a serious show, and I like to um I, I like to be even field. So the next show, and I didn't really plan it like. But the next show, you know, we're going to have a little fun, man. We're going to kick back. We're going to chill. We're going to relax. We're going to have some good vibes, man. And, you know, we're doing Hood Jeopardy, you know. <laughs> we're changing the whole temperature on the next show, man. We gonna we got a little serious this show. But next show, we're going to have some fun, man. We're going to laugh. We're going to enjoy life. You know what I'm saying? We're going to embrace each other, man. We're going to do Hood Jeopardy. You know, the winner is going to get a kickback. Um, you know, a kickback clothing shirt, you know, uh, we're going to have some fun, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking for a couple of contestants. I'm looking for at least three contestants. I think I have one or two right now, but you know, it's just going to be, you know, it's just going to be particular questions, man. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be movie based. It might be TV shows. It might be a particular song or artist and stuff like that. And you just answer the question. And, you know, like I say, the winner We'll get a kickback clothing t-shirt you know what i'm saying it ain't gonna be no money i'm not giving out no money okay i'm not giving out no money you get a shirt you get a t-shirt okay all right you know you're getting a kickback clothing t-shirt uh of my choice but hey it's free for you but uh like i said man we're doing hood jeopardy next friday um looking for three contestants and like i said it's gonna be like some cool questions it's gonna be some um it's going to be some questions like, uh, uh, well, I was looking at some of the questions I had, like, uh, who was Moesha's brother? You know, like the show Moesha and stuff like that. Who was her brother? You know, I'm gonna, it's going to be multiple choice and you get to answer it. If you don't answer, if you get it wrong, then the next contestant has a chance to steal that and then bang, get a point and go up and stuff like that. So, um, uh, we're going to be doing that next week. But like I say, man, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to my boy, Juju, what it do, baby. Um, shout out to everybody who participated on this show. Um, like Jude said, thank you for the thank you for the uh, contribution, ladies, and stuff like that. 
And um, domestic abuse is serious, man. Domestic violence is very serious, man. And if you know somebody that's going through domestic violence and getting abused mentally or physically or financially, whatever it may be, male or female, you could contact the Family Services of Southeast Texas. Um, and their number, once again, man, that number is 409-832-7575. If you know somebody that's going through uh, unfortunate situation, you know what I'm saying? Help that person out, man. You know what I'm saying? Reach out to them and they could provide uh food, shelter, uh jobs. They can provide a, a out for that person that's going through something. So I'm finna get on out of here, man. I appreciate and I thank everybody for tapping in for the kickback podcast show. You know what I'm saying? Episode 95, we getting close to a hundred or whatever. I got more content coming out. Be on the lookout for the morning show, man. The morning show is going to be so dope. It's going to be nothing but motivational. It's going to be a motivational morning show. If you overcame whatever it may be, whatever adversity it may have been, you could call in, man, and, and just and just say how you was inspired and how you, how you overcame. Overcame whatever particular thing it might have been, man. And, you know, the show is just going to be, you know what I'm saying, some inspiring type stuff, you know, because a lot of people wake up in the morning, they wake up all groggy and negative, and you already didn't defeated your day, man. You waking up all negative and stuff like that, you know, you didn't already kill your day. So, you know, we go, we go tap in on the morning show, and, you know, we go wake y'all up with some positivity, man. You know what I'm saying? We go start y'all day off right how it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? Motivational informative type stuff so like i said man those morning shows you know what i'm saying if you want to tap in if you want to call the number and say i don't care if you had a test uh in school in college or whatever and you had to study 12 hours straight or something and you overcame it and you know you did your thing and stuff like that call in and let people know man because you you know everybody's going through something so your story might inspire somebody to be like man that person said they studied two days straight or whatever and they passed that and i'm doing this i got the same test so i know you know what i'm saying so that's how we getting down but you know i'm talking a little too much man i'm finna get out of here i'm finna enjoy the weekend i hope y'all enjoy y'all weekend man y'all be blessed if you're in the area you know what i'm saying go to the fair um you know what i'm saying get away you know take your kids out have a good time if not you know go chill man it's gonna be a great weekend go to the beach or something like that go turn up and stuff like that but i'm out of here man this is your boy North End, Florida, man. Y'all be safe once again. Thank y'all for tapping in, and I'll see y'all next Friday. 100.